There is no better story proving that members of the media are resistance activists for the left than Donald Trump driving his SUV around supporters and waving to them to thank them and show them that he's okay. You see, all throughout this news cycle, journalists and many media outlets have been pumping out psychotic levels of conspiracy garbage. The, the reflections of Donald Trump on his table don't make sense. How is the pen reflected above the, the paper? It's so crazy because these people don't understand how reflections work. So here's what we get. BuzzFeed and many other outlets publish really irresponsible stories like this. Trump's doctor revealed he's on a steroid recommended for severe COVID-19. And then everyone started saying, wow, Trump must be really sick. I mean, they wouldn't give him a steroid unless he was really, really sick. Or if the doctors thought that he should have it because sometimes people get different medicine. Sure. Okay. So, so they're screaming that Trump is dying. One dude, this guy, John, I think it was John Cooper tweeted, you know, he works for Biden, I guess, or he's a Biden supporter. He said, my GOP source says they're really worried and Trump could go either way. Talk about creating a panic. And there are journalists just publishing like endless streams of ridiculous conspiracy. Now, first, Twitter has actually suspended some accounts that were not verified journalists pushing uh, conspiracies. But if you got a blue check mark, y'all, okay, you're y'all, y'all good. Okay. Twitter says, Twitter says you're allowed to be conspiracy theorists. So here's what happens. Donald Trump. Seeing that the media is, is, is endlessly calling, uh, claiming that he's like dying or could die, publishes some videos. He's like, everything's okay. I'm feeling fine. I'm doing a lot of work. What do we get? Donald Trump is secretly editing his videos. The videos were edited. They're cutting out his coughs. I, I, yes. Now they're posting like waveform. We, we are at moonland hoaxer level of insanity in our media. I ask of you. Please consider sharing this video and subscribing because I think it's important that I show you just how unhinged these journalists are. So when people ask you, well, Donald Trump says the media is fake news. I mean, that's that's crazy. If you can't trust the media, oh, <laughs> I'm going to show you you can't trust the media. Walter Reed, attending physician and multiple doctors criticized Trump for putting Secret Service agents lives at risk by making them drive him around to wave at fans, while experts say his steroid treatment points to severe case of COVID. I love it. The Daily Mail, this is my favorite one, because they're doing both stories in the same article. What is it? Trump is dying and getting a medication for his severe COVID, or he's being criticized for joyriding around? I'd have to imagine if Trump was on his deathbed, he wouldn't be riding around in the presidential motorcade waving at his supporters. But when the media keeps pumping out these ridiculous conspiracies, what does Trump do? He goes for a ride in his SUV. Oh, but the media says, well, why didn't he just prove that he wasn't sick? He doesn't need to do this. Well, he tried. Yeah, you see, Donald Trump started posting videos, videos and photos saying, I'm OK. And what did they do? They started dissecting them and claiming they're fake forgeries. You see the EXIF data, the EXIF data on the photo. So for those who are not familiar, photos, uh, media files have information stored in the file you can't see, but you can put it into a program to read the data, like when the photo was taken, you know, uh, when it was modified, when uh, or any additional information, captions, what kind of camera it was. My, my favorite thing about this is that the, the, the desperate attempts to claim that these photos were faked because photos got published 
and the dates on them were 10 minutes apart. And so now you got these people saying, does that mean that Donald Trump, you know, put on his, his, his suit jacket, took a picture, then got up, ran to another room and then took another picture 10 minutes later? This proves it. Trump is staging photos. And when I said, there's no conspiracy, dude, calm down. There's no evidence. Stop. I actually had people say, what's what's so conspiratorial about believing that Trump's doing a photo op? Because it means the journalists are in on it, too. Seriously, these people have lost their minds. Okay, I can explain to you the XF thing. Here's what I got. I got people saying, no, Tim, you don't understand. The date modified would be okay. Someone took a photo of the president. And then photos got released. The photos that got released show that they were created 10 minutes apart. <gasps> Does that mean that the photos were taken 10 minutes apart? No, it could mean that they were exported or compressed 10 minutes apart. And here's what people don't understand, because now I got people saying, no, Tim, you're wrong. The date modified would be different because the creation is different from the modification. <laughs> Exporting a file is creating a new file. Seriously, man, I do video rendering and editing all day. If they created a new file, it would have a new date created on it. It is a new file. And they added the information in the days is insane. With all of these conspiracies running wild, what could Trump do to make sure that people didn't think he was dying? Get in his vehicle. Oh, now it's the end of the world. Here's the story from the Daily Mail. A doctor at the Walter Reed Medical Center where Donald Trump is currently being treated has described the president's decision to go on a drive to wave at supporters as insanity, as other medical experts questioned the assessment that the president could be returning to the White House on Monday and said the scant details of his treatment suggested a serious condition. No, the doctors said they fully intend on releasing him today. Okay, they're like, everything's looking good. The president seems fine. And no matter what they say or do, everyone's like, no, you know what? If it bleeds, it leads. So they would rather lie and pray, pray for the illness to be severe because then they get more clicks, man. Notice how they like jump away from all of these other stories. One thing that's that's, that's been happening a lot, and this is this is uh, some heavy, heavy criticism for CNN. When they say like, you know, we, we've had a full season's worth of news in only a few days. Yeah, that's because you people are insane. That's because you are jumping from platform to platform, whichever they think will make them the most money. That's the name of the game. Well, we got a riot. Jump on it. Click, 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 click. Money, money, money. Then it's uh, Amy Coney Barrett. Oh, no. Jump on it. Trump sick. Jump on it. Follow through with your own stories. Let me tell you the worst thing about it. They can publish all of this fake news. Like, take a look at this. Trump, Trump doctors reveal he's on a steroid for a severe COVID-19. Oh, you know, BuzzFeed was, was drooling when they saw this. They did very little fact checking. They didn't follow up. And sure, it's it's great, but what's the point of just this this rampant and reckless speculation? It's simple. They're gonna make money off ads. I use an ad blocker, by the way. They're gonna make money off ads, and then if it turns out the story's fake, so what? What are they gonna do? They're gonna leave it up, probably. Now, if they publish overt falsehoods, you know what happens? They can publish fake news, overt fake news, get a million views, make all that sweet green. And then as soon as people are like, hey, that's fake news, they go, oopsie, let's issue a correction and retraction. And they keep the money. They're not in the business of telling you the truth. They're in the business of shocking you into giving them traffic. Dr. James Phillips, a Walter Reed attending doctor, condemned the president's Sunday afternoon drive, which violated CDC guidelines. He said it was dangerous and reckless. 
in comments which quickly went viral, gaining more than 100,000 likes and 40,000 retweets. Yes, from resistance lunatics. With Trump's condition still shrouded in confusion, doctors have suggested the president could return to the White House as early as today. Trump today tried to project an image of business as usual by tweeting about the election, accusing Democrats of planning a massive tax increase and touting the success of the stock market ahead of the November 3rd poll. Okay, Donald Trump went on a tirade this morning. Let me just show you. Will Chamberlain with the absolutely uh, funniest take on this. Dr. James Phillips, the same guy who was like, this is reckless, tweeted this garbage nonsense. I know it's not typical indicator of illness, but I am concerned. The most telling lab value indicating the president's health is the number of tweets in the last 24 hours, almost zero. It's unprecedented, particularly as the election nears. Be wary of mimics from his staff. Okay, this guy's lost all credibility. I, as a doctor, think Donald Trump is sick because he's not tweeting enough. When has that ever been an indicator of anything other than the president isn't tweeting? They're like, well, but Trump likes to tweet. Yeah, he's in the hospital, dude. He's, he's, <laughs> so, why would Trump not be tweeting? Could it be because he's dying? I guess. Could it be because he went to the hospital because he has COVID and he's working? Yes. He's not around. Maybe. Look. When Trump tweets, he has staff for this stuff. So probably what happens is Trump's not around. And so the people who manage, I think Dan Scavino manages his social media. People think Trump's sitting there typing everything on himself by himself. Sometimes probably, but most of these politicians don't do this. Trump might look over at Dan and be like, tweet, tweet this. I'm going to tell you, tweet this. That's it. Trump might tweet it himself. Dan probably tweets some stuff. There's probably other people who work for him or tweet. And now Trump's in the hospital. So things have kind of paused. So when a doctor comes out and says Trump's tweets are indicative of his health, ignore everything that doctor says. Well, here's what we saw from Trump this morning. Donald J. Trump, Space Force, vote. (laughs) Okay, best VA ever, vote. 401k, vote. Trump went on a Twitter tirade for all of these reasons, all caps, exclamation points, vote. So um, making the apt joke. Will Chamberlain, if the guy's saying, if Dr. James uh, Phillips is saying Trump not tweeting shows that he's sick, then Will's insinuating that Trump tweeting like crazy proves he's cured and healthier than ever, right? I mean, the inverse must be true. If Trump starts tweeting up a storm, surely he's healthy. So you get these, you get these crazy stories, but let me, let me show you this. Take a look at this from, from Marcy Wheeler. Marcy Wheeler, empty wheel on Twitter has 236,000 followers. Take a look at this. She said, I can't stop staring at this reflection. Oh, no. 1,000 retweets. And what is the image? There's a reflection of the top of Donald Trump's wrist. But there's a book in front. Uh, there's a, uh, 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 you know, a, a, a binder. There you go. I was going to call it Trapper Keeper. And no, I'm too, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe too old or too young, whatever. There's a binder in front of Donald Trump's hand. So, so how, how is, how is that possible? How could there be a reflection? It's called an angle. Have these people never like looked in a mirror before? Th- check this out. She says, here's the still compared to a screen cap of video. Clearly different lighting. So it's hard to tell different angle. The light was still taken with no flash, but there's obviously a ton of studio lighting in here for the video. I genuinely don't know one way or another. <laughs> obviously everything is staged and all the same props in both. Oh, jeez, man. Ultimately, the reflections don't matter one way or another. You... You have to get no further than the blank piece of paper to conclude it was an amateurish staging. How much of it was short of lying about the video being real doesn't matter. 
blank paper. They don't understand how photos work because because the lighting on on, say, Donald Trump's jacket is dark and the paper is white. What happens is the photo light balance will be for the more darker image, depending on how the photographer took the photo. And it will make the paper look blown out. That's the phrase blown out. That's what we call it. Okay. what that means is the white paper will just look like a white blotch. Now, you can see a little bit of what Donald Trump is signing with this marker because he's using a dark marker with thick writing as opposed to tiny text, which is going to be blown out. In fact, I am not exaggerating when I say this is literally one of the moon landing hoax arguments. Seriously. So in some of the photos from the moon, OK, there's no stars. And they're like, that proves it. No, it doesn't. If they were trying to stage this, wouldn't they put fake stars up? No, because the issue is stars do not come out well on cameras. People don't understand the human eye is better than a camera. Have you ever looked at something and go, wow, it looks amazing. Pull up your phone and then you're like, that looks terrible. I, I remember I was looking at something like the uh, I'm looking at the moon and there's like this beautiful Corona around it. And I'm like, wow. And I point my camera at it and it was a little blotch. And I'm like, that looks awful. It doesn't look anything like what I see. You need really good special cameras set up in specific ways with certain zoom and all that stuff to make sure that, you know, your photos are done right. As for the camera on the moon, they weren't trying to, 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 to dim the light to get the stars in the sky. They were trying to put up lights in front of the astronauts to show it. And so what happens is all these conspiracy theorists are like, there's no stars. You know what light pollution is? Have you noticed that when you're in a city, you can't see stars? Hey, I wonder what's causing that. And your eyes are really good. I mean, relative to like our current level of technology, but we do have really good cameras like gigapixel stuff. That's cool. So here you have the exact same conspiracy theory. I can't see what's on the paper. Therefore, the paper is blank. One more point about staging. What we have are two stills. If the metadata can be believed, they were taken 10 minutes apart. <laughs> These people are insane. This is a journalist. These are journalists. Look at, look at this. Andrew Feinberg says, this all feels a bit forced, as if someone is trying to approximate the president as at his most manic, but it's not quite there. Claiming that Trump isn't actually tweeting any of this stuff. When Trump tweets erratic nonsense, they're like, Trump's tweeting erratic nonsense. And then when Trump is sick and tweets erratic nonsense, they're like, this certainly couldn't be Trump because Trump is dying. You just saw him driving around an SUV. What makes you think he can't tweet? You're criticizing him for being, I'm just so over this, man. I love this. I love this one. This is the best one. So <laughs> Vox.com. Bra- bravo, guys. Bravo, you crackpot lunatics. Aaron Rupar of Vox says, whatever happens when Trump says therapeutics, here is a strange moment in the video he posted this evening. Nothing happens. I don't even know what he's talking about. There's a video clip where Trump says therapeutics, and then there's like Trump, Trump hiccups, maybe. I don't know. Andrew Feinberg says, the White House is editing video to remove coughs. <laughs> Why wouldn't they just film a new video? Oh, it's so absurd. They think that they're going to put out a clip of the president. It's only a couple minutes long. And they're going to go through and edit out his coughs instead of saying, let's do another take. That's how insane these people are. Let's say Trump is coughing. Oh, I'm so sick. Okay. Clearly, in this video, he talks for several minutes. And there's only a few moments where they claim editing occurs. In fact, one particular moment. 
Why wouldn't they just be like, let's just do another one? Because if you can cough only one time in four minutes, you can not cough. It really does seem like maybe Trump was going to cough and then he, did, he, he like held it and like didn't cough. Here's the, here's the best, the best, best, best. Alex Plank, who is this guy? Verified founder of Wrong Planet, actor, writer says, yup, the top is the original audio's waveform. I've applied amplification to get the bottom waveform. You can clearly see where the editing occurred. Yes, because you, <laughs> you boosted the gain. This is so stupid. You can't. Okay. I've been working with audio files and video editing since I was like, 13 or 14. I used to make skate videos. I've been making documentaries. I record all of this. When I look at this, and I'm, and I'm not an audio engineer or anything like that, I don't see anything. I really don't. I see a dude who boosted the gain. That's it. There's nothing to take away from this. But he's claiming this is proof. Look, here's the top and here's the bottom. And is he, is he implying that this line cut off where he boosted the gain, and then this line cut off where he boosted the gain again implies they edited any video? These people live in some kind of paranoid delusional reality. Check this out. This one's the best. How can the Sharpie be reflected underneath the blank paper? <laughs> These people don't understand how light works. And yet they tell us all day, every day that the orange man is bad. This is why I said early on, please consider sharing this video so that you can see these journalists are crackpot, moonland, moon hoax level, crazy, just absolutely insane, full on psychotic. There's a good one. Lena Wen, MD, says, if real Donald Trump were my patient in unstable condition, plus contagious illness, and he suddenly left the hospital to go for a car ride that endangers himself and others. I'd call security to restrain him, then perform a psychiatric evaluation to examine his decision-making capacity. 80,000 retweets. No, you wouldn't. It would never happen. Somebody's in the hospital and they've got uh, a, 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 an illness with like a 99.5% survivability rate for the, you know, the average person. And they decide to leave. The doctor would be like, okay, that's it. That's it. Now, I understand we're dealing with COVID. And people are much more concerned about this because of the lingering effects of COVID and because a lot of people have died. A lot of people die of a lot of illnesses, however. So it's hard to really gauge this beyond anything else when the numbers show that like survivability is like 99 point. It's like 99.95 for people under the age of like 55 or something. For old, older uh, people above 70, I think it's like 95%. And like that's really good for, you know, people over 70 or over their 70s or whatever. I think it's 74 actually. No, you would not call security and restrain someone because they had an illness. Now, you can see what she does here. This is amazing. Now, look, she's not a journalist, but I'm going to criticize this garbage resistance nonsense nonetheless. <clears throat> unstable condition. Uh, Donald, Donald Trump isn't unstable. You see, you see the game being played here? Donald Trump is fine. They, they said they want to release him today. Now, they've given us some bunk information. I'll, I absolutely will accept that. And I think they're trying to prevent this panic. They don't want people to think that Trump is dying or anything. So when asked if they gave him oxygen, they played coy and it was very obvious and then later admitted it. But Trump's talking on camera and he's driving around. He seems to be fine and he's tweeting like a lunatic. So, OK, here's what they do. It's a loaded statement. It's, it's, it's a trick. If 
if my president was secretly, you know, a serial killer who was beating, you know, penguins and baby seals, well, then, you know, I'd call for his arrest as if to imply Trump did any of those things. Trump is not in unstable condition, though he does have a contagious illness. And he suddenly left the hospital in a hermetically sealed vehicle that is bulletproof. The only people who were put at risk were his Secret Service drivers. By all means, you want to criticize him for that. I get it. But think about the the, the, the risk on the other hand. The stock market is going up based on the information that Trump is doing well. If Trump didn't come out and if these conspiracy theories from these journalists keep running wild, then it's going to be bad for everyone else. The president needs to have this, you know, needs to appear strong at all times. And that means we're probably going to get misinformation and disinformation. And we'll and we'll fight that. We will, like with the doctors. But this is just I, you know, there are people tweeting about the polling, that the polling was wrong in 2016. And people have really taken this. They've 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 re they've re remembered. They've reimagined what happened in 2016. The pundits were wrong. The forecast models were wrong. And the polls were only a little bit wrong. The polls undercounted the white working class vote. And Trump got 77,000 votes in a few swing states that won him the Electoral College overall. That wasn't a big swing for Trump. In fact, he lost the popular vote, mostly because of California and New York. The polls were not completely incorrect. They were just off a little bit. Forecast models were wrong. Now we're seeing the same forecast models, like almost the same. I'd like to believe that regular people can see through all of this unhinged paranoia, but I'm not entirely convinced. I mean, Joe Biden's polling really, really well. And you can say the polls are wrong, and I've said it before, and I don't know which ones to trust because the swing is ridiculous. But I have to look at something like this. Cassandra Fairbanks tweets uh, responding to James Fallows. Fallows is, um, I guess he's just a writer or something. I don't know. Got almost 200,000 followers. He says it's only those Americans who have foregone weddings, birthdays, funerals, reunions, vacations, graduations, anniversaries, conferences, visits, etc. Through this avoidable disaster who might possibly begrudge the rules are for little people moments. Mocking the White House for having small gatherings without social distancing or masks. Cassandra Fairbanks then posted images of all the protests and all the riots. But I'll tell you what, in an election, uh, especially with a news cycle like this, these uh, a month is a year, a week is a year. Will people remember that hundreds of thousands, nay, millions of Black Lives Matter and far leftists marched around creating super spreader events, exacerbating the problem of COVID? Will they remember that? When the media comes out and blames Trump for having one event with Amy Coney Barrett. More importantly, we don't even know if that was the real event that got Trump sick. It very well may have been the debates, but it seems more likely it was Amy Coney Barrett's uh, special event, the nomination event, I suppose, um, simply because the incubation period. But it, it, it could have been uh, the debates, two to three day incubation period. Typically, uh, uh, a well, they say they say it averages a little bit longer, but many um end up only around two to three days. It's because some people get, don't get sick for like a few weeks that it stretches the average out a little bit longer. I wonder if Americans will, will remember this. I hope they do. Because uh, I'm, tr- I'm sifting f- through what I can only describe as refuse from the, from the media. And I only pulled up a small sampling of this absolute psychotic behavior. So I, I, I please, uh, you know, subscribe, share. And show people what the journalists are saying. They don't understand how reflections work. I'm sorry, man. You can't trust them. 
not every journalist, but if these news outlets aren't going to put these people in check and fire them when they put out unhinged moon landing hoax conspiracy level BS, then why should I believe anything they're putting out? Well, sorry, I don't want to tell you, but I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. White House Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany has announced she is positive for COVID and will begin the quarantine process. And already we're hearing from some journalists, quite a few actually, that we shouldn't have a vice presidential debate because now I believe around 27 or so people in Trump's, I don't want to say inner circle, but in his periphery have now contracted coronavirus. Though Kaylee McEnany says that she's not experiencing any symptoms. Many journalists are now worried because Members of the White House press corps themselves have been testing positive. Now, the news that the white, the journalists themselves are testing positive is from several days ago, in which case it could be that Kaylee got sick from them. Of course, as you know, the news doesn't work that way. They're going to blame her for getting them sick because our news media is just a tribal Democrat activist organization at this point. But anyway, we're not just seeing government officials contract COVID. We're seeing hot spots in certain cities. And I guess this is the way things are now. New York is announcing they're going to be locking down again. Almost every single regal theater, I, I think all of them, are being shut down. We are watching our industries collapse under the weight of the lockdowns. And this is it. There's no honest and rational conversation about the right way to approach these things. And the reality is, in order to deal with this, there needs to be a hybrid solution. Meaning you got the left saying, lock it all down. Everybody wear a mask and hide in your basement. That's what Biden's doing. And you've got Trump saying, you know, I'll wear a mask when I feel like I need to. And many Trump supporters, yes, many Trump supporters not wearing masks. I think that's really dumb. What we need to do is protect the elderly, protect the nursing homes and the vulnerable and social distance and wear masks and then get on with our lives. But instead, what what we're doing is just a hodgepodge of both extremes in a bunch of different places. But to be completely fair, many of these places that didn't have these harsh lockdowns aren't aren't doing that bad. So I wonder what it is that separates the likes of Florida from New York. Let's read the press secretary's statement. She says, after testing po- a negative con- consistent, okay, let me start. after testing negative consistently, including every day since Thursday, I tested positive for COVID-19 on Monday morning while experiencing no symptoms. No reporters, producers, or members of the press are listed as close contacts by the White House Medical Unit. Moreover, I definitively had no knowledge of Hope Hicks's diagnosis prior to holding a White House press briefing on Thursday. As an essential worker, I have worked diligently to provide needed information to the American people at this time. With my recent positive test, I will begin the quarantine process and will continue working on behalf of the American people remotely. White House Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany. Of course, many people are already criticizing her for not wearing a mask at a recent press briefing, even though she was outside and socially distanced. It is absolutely insane that there is this double standard. One journalist tweeted that they were so outraged that Donald Trump is flaunting the rules that all of us must live under. And I am so sick and tired of the of of the media in this country. Enemy of the people, they say, huh? Well, when these people come out and ignore, praise or even support 
months, 130 days of ongoing unrest across this country where tens of thousands of people were crammed shoulder to shoulder in California. And they said nothing, nothing. And now, of course, I'll tell you what. I think Trump played fast and loose with this. I absolutely do. And I think there are a lot of conservatives that didn't think it was that big of a deal. Now they have COVID. Now, look, Kayleigh McEnany is asymptomatic. This is common. And she's young. It's likely going to be nothing. I wish her the best. I think she does a great job as press secretary. So uh, I I think she'll be okay. And I hope for her a, a quick recovery, even though she's asymptomatic. But this is what's happening now. And I, and I think the entire, I tweeted, the entire White House press corps must quarantine now. And why weren't they? Why, why haven't they been in their homes? Why haven't they stopped? You want to complain about Kaylee McEnany? I got a question for you. Because we've seen journalists coming out and talking to these doctors. I'm assuming many of them, the White House press corps, because they're the ones who are putting out all this information. You mean to tell me, look at this, on October 2nd, three days ago, journalists who work at the White House are testing positive for COVID-19. I am sick of these people, these duplicitous elitists, rules for thee, but not for me. I'm going to complain about Donald Trump, but I won't quarantine. No, they've still been going out and doing their stupid press briefings when they know their colleagues were sick. So, So let me tell you something. Kaylee McEnany has been testing negative consistently, so she says, and now she's positive and asymptomatic. Well, uh, what was happening two days ago? Journalists who were sick weren't quarantining. And so when they say, look, she was giving a press briefing to the journalist, the journalist tested positive before she did. That means they gave it to her seriously. Kaylee McEnany got sick from them. That's the most logical conclusion. I don't know where the journalists got it from. Maybe the debates, because at the debate, 11 of the workers tested positive and Chris Wallace admitted they did not follow proper procedure. Well, because the president got there too late. Whose fault is that? I don't care if Trump shows up a week early or a week late. If you can't do the test, you don't do the debate. And they should have come out and said, we are unable to test the president. Oh, what's that? You would have looked bad. And Trump would have said, this is ridiculous. So what? If Trump ended up getting sick days later, he would have looked bad. Instead, Chris Wallace and the debate commission said, we're just going to go forward anyway. And 11 people there were sick. Now you've got journalists who are sick and they're blaming Kaylee McEnany for it. I just I just can't stand these people, man. CNN reported on Friday, a widening coronavirus outbreak at the White House has left members of the media scrambling to find out if they too are infected. Three journalists who work at the White House tested positive on Friday, according to a series of memos from the White House Correspondents Association. Given these positive cases, the president's diagnosis and positive cases among other members of the White House staff, a number of White House journalists are self-isolating pending diagnostic tending. Why weren't all of them? Every single one. I don't care if you're like, well, I didn't have content. No, this is ridiculous. A White House staffer who sits in the lower press area of the West Wing, also received a confirmed positive result on Friday morning. Reporters and White House spokespeople work together in cramped quarters, often meeting the definition of close contact. So there is now widespread concern among White House reporters about who was exposed. All of you, every single one. And now Kaylee's sick. And y'all were sick before her. Friday's first memo obtained by CNN Business said members of the press corps were being notified 
so that you can make informed judgments. Really? Chris Wallace recently said that you don't have the right to make your own informed judgment. Actually, no, they don't. Yeah, we have guidelines and restrictions. But these journalists are told, well, they can do what they think is necessary. Donald Trump, however, was violating CDC guidelines by driving around in his SUV. You see, I, I, I firmly believe that if you removed many of these journalists, not all of them, we definitely need a real journalistic class. But if you got rid of these journalists, everything would get better. Here's, here's my rule. Here's, here's my proposal. Any journalist who has written in the past, let's, uh, let's, let's try this. If they have averaged more than five articles about Trump per week for the past, you know, I don't know, couple of years, they should be removed, transferred to another beat, have them cover, I don't know, uh, baking contests or something. You know, I'm trying to figure out a way you can get these these grifter journalists like Brian Stelter and Oliver Darcy to be removed from the, the national conversation. And this includes myself as well. If they said anybody who has been playing this ridiculous game about Trump, 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 you have to shut up now. I'd be like, here, here. I'll tell you what, I will switch to video games, Minecraft or what I don't know, whatever the kids are playing among us. That's like the new video game, right? It looks pretty fun, actually. I will, I will gladly, gladly, if they would all just stop doing this ridiculous orange man bad news cycle. They won't, though. And that's the real problem, because as long as they keep putting out this garbled, nonsensical, resistance, pandering media, then the more they're just going to the more money they're going to make and the more they're going to whip people into a frenzy and create this nightmare circumstance that we're all living in right now. And I think it's funny that people will you know, take a screenshot of like a thumbnail of mine where it'll say like Donald Trump has new poll showing he's doing really well, which is just the lead. And then I'll go in and explain, well, there is one, like almost in the first few minutes, I'll be like, well, there is one good poll for Trump. You got to keep in mind he's down in most of the polls. And here's why people think this poll makes sense. And the reason I'm highlighting the new poll showing Trump is doing well is because the news is saturated with Trump doing bad. You get it? So I'm trying to say like, hey, look, here's something that's anomalous. Let's address this and ask the question about it. What do we get from CNN? They say like, oh, Fox News is producing propaganda and they completely ignore, I don't know, themselves, but even MSNBC. Come on. So now they write this story where we know the journalists were sick days ago and they did not quarantine. They came out for their dumb whatever press briefings. Now, I'll tell you what, some of that responsibility does fall onto Kaylee McEnany because, well, it's her job to pay attention to the press and she should have known the journalists were sick. And that would have been actually a great opportunity for Kaylee to say, y'all are sick. Y'all need to go and quarantine. I am not going to do a press briefing if you guys are potentially exposed to COVID. She didn't. She kept going about her business. So here we are. But I can't believe this is this is the new normal. New York is planning to reinstate some lockdowns as COVID surges. U.S. coronavirus hotspot has begun opening up, but new cases force rethink. That's right. Cuomo wants to start locking things back down in New York City. So I'll tell you what. I, 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 OK, look, so maybe Kaylee should have said, you know, we're not going to do this because y'all are sick. And this is more to do with the press cycle than it is to do with what we, how we actually need to respond. If the likes of Brian Stelter, Oliver Darcy and CNN are and they're the media reporters for CNN are going to be coming out and saying orange man bad because he didn't do this, that or otherwise, 
Yet they acknowledge the journalists themselves were sick. And we know that 11 people at the debate who are setting it up were sick, too. Well, we don't know who caused what. The media doesn't care. They're already claiming it was Amy Coney Barrett's event. That must be the case. Well, we don't know. There's no way to know, really. But all we get from them is a hodgepodge of anger. No matter what Trump does, it's bad. Trump is sick. He's on his deathbed, says the media. Then, then Trump proves he's not. And they say he's faking it. So what do we do? Honestly, I don't know. But it's because of this hysteria. We are in a permanent lockdown. This is one of the more. This, let me show you some scary stories from from PC magazine. All Regal and Cineworld cinemas to close on October 8th. Movie theaters across the US and UK will shut their doors on Thursday. And it's unclear when they will open again. It's really funny. That movie Tenet came out, which is apparently about, I don't, I don't know, it's like, who, who made that? Chris, Chris Nolan, I guess. The movie bombed miserably and they're not even releasing the numbers. And I, and I remember when I, when I heard the movie was doing bad and I was like, I kind of want to see it. I don't, I don't care what the reviewers think. There's no movie, <laughs> there's no movie theaters to go to. Cause like all the theaters out, uh, out by me uh, are closed permanently. And that's it. The industry is being destroyed. And it's not just these individual industries. I mean, these Democrat governors are wiping out major sectors of their own economies. Half of New York City's 24,000 bars and restaurants could close for good in the next six months, months, which will wipe out 150,000 jobs, state report finds. Man, you know, I was reading a poll and it said that uh, it basically said it's the economy, stupid. They said it's the number one issue. People want economic recovery. So then I guess it's convenient that these Democratic governors and mayors are destroying the industries in their cities so that they can come out with these duplicitous, you know, uh, fact checks. I love it. The CNN guy Vox writes about this. He's like, under Trump, we've lost 100,000 jobs. You mean under the pandemic? And when Democratic governors shut down their economies, you're blaming Trump for that? They blame him for everything. And now they're shutting down all of these businesses. That's scary. This is the new normal. 15 days to slow the spread turned into mass hysteria. So right now, Kaylee McEnany is asymptomatic, but this is the big story. It's the big story. It was likely the journalists who got her sick, but this is the big story. And they're saying she wasn't wearing a mask around us. Oh, poor babies. Maybe y'all shouldn't have even come out for these things. They say Saturday was the day of the Supreme Court announcement at the White House and President Trump's rally in Pennsylvania. This is from the CNN article. The president announced early Friday that he and First Lady um, uh, Melania Trump tested positive for COVID-19. A third memo at 335 said a third member of the press corps has tested positive. That is a member of the press corps. The people who are there, who are going to these briefings with these doctors, testing positive, and the other members did not quarantine. Now, let me tell you something. I don't think they should. I know, I know. You should follow the advice of your doctor first and foremost, but, but, hear, but hear me out. If they want to complain about everything Trump is doing and start crying and saying, it's not fair that they're not following the rules while protesters aren't, well, then I'll hold you to the standard you have so selected. But I personally think we've reached this point where watching businesses and our economy collapse is ludicrous. People are suffering and they're losing their jobs. And I wonder how many of them are going to vote for Trump. It does uh, uh, scare me, actually, that there are many people too stupid to realize they lost their job because of a Democratic governor or mayor and not because of Trump, because Trump has been trying to keep the economy going. But of course, they'll blame him saying we could have avoided this. 
I don't know, Anthony Fauci in March said no one, no one else could have done a better job than the Trump administration. But they want to rewrite history now. It's their opportunity to say Trump could have avoided this. Well, Joe Biden said if Trump had done his job, there would have been no deaths. Look at the data. And he got flagged by all the fact checkers for that because that is ridiculous and untrue. Joe Biden in the debate, the first debate, was the first person to interrupt. He interrupted Trump, sparking this chaos where Trump went off. And maybe Trump got baited. But of course, Chris Wallace says it was Trump's fault for, for interrupting. The media is just absolutely opposed to conservatives and to Donald Trump. And it is so insanely obvious. This should be a really good example. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what else to say, man. The media in this country, I'm just so sick of it. The current news cycle should be evidence that they have zero credibility. I mean, listen, listen, I can show you that on Friday, the White House press corps was sick. Now they're blaming Kaylee McEnany. That, that should be enough for anyone to recognize that they're lying to us. It's her fault. Take responsibility for what you did. The journalists won't do that. We have, we have been sifting through mass hysteria for the past several months. And let me tell you how it works. If I come out and tweet something like, we need to end all the lockdowns, protect the vulnerable and get on with our lives, they'll freak out. And you see conservatives say things like this and they're like, some people, some people get suspended or banned. But if you come out and scream the end is nigh, you're fine. So what happens is on Twitter, you can have two people tweet. You can have 100 tweets on the left and 100 on the right. 75% of the right wing tweets get, get removed and none of the left wing tweets get removed, maybe like 10%. So most of your stories are left. The end is nigh. We must lock everything down. Orange man, bad. Kaylee McEnany is getting journalists sick. So the narrative persists. The hysteria continues. And there's no opportunity for any of us to say enough. We need to stop. Nah. Well, I'll tell you, I'm really curious how the loss of uh, Kaylee McEnany's uh, duties, I should say like the, the, the loss of her working in, in press right now, I'm wondering how this quarantine is going to affect the election. Kaylee McEnany is probably one of the most effective press secretaries I've ever seen. I mean, she is the best. Just, I mean, I'm not even kidding, man. She comes with a binder full of all of these stories and then someone will be like, mm, Donald Trump said this. And she'll go, mm, that's really interesting. And she'll pull it up and say, actually, this, 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 and this from this source. And they'll still claim she's lying or whatever. You're lying for the liar in chief. No, she does a fantastic job. And we are, we are currently in the election. People are voting now by mail, by absentee, and early voting. And that means the media is getting carte blanche to write whatever garbled garbage they want. And the only line of defense Trump has, one person, the press secretary, has been, um, you know, is, is going to be quarantined. Now, of course, Kaylee's still going to be able to work, but this does diminish her abilities to counter the fake news narrative, holding these press briefings and getting this message out. And that's what's like probably the scariest thing to me about all of this. This is the most critical time. And uh, Trump bears some responsibility for this. Look, people get COVID, people get sick. So I'm not going to act like, you know, you know, these people coming on, but like, yeah, it's karma. Trump was downplaying this. Oh, shut up. Trump did everything he could. He's got to balance the, the, the economy, which makes sure people are fed and not homeless, along with making sure the spread doesn't happen. So he banned travel from China and restrictions uh, on travel from Europe. But uh, you can't, it's, you can't see it. You, so you don't really know how to, how to track it. And I think, you know, you, you've got two extremes. 
You've, you've had instances where Trump wasn't wearing a mask, whatever. You've had instances where, you know, Trump supporters were, there's like, there's videos of people being like yelling at people in stores about wearing masks. It's really dumb. And I've, I've had this conversation with some conservatives. I'm like, who cares? It's not a hill to die on. Wear a mask. Like, but a lot of people don't want to do it. Well, now what happens is they will use this against Trump. And it was only a matter of time, in my opinion. Trump's willingness to say, well, you don't need to wear a mask in these circumstances was just what they needed. That as soon as he got sick, they were going to say, see, he's reckless and irresponsible. And that's what they're doing. But I couldn't imagine being one of these low information belligerents going on Twitter and screaming like squawking turkeys who have no idea what's really going on or what it means. I don't think the president is on his deathbed. I think the media has gone insane. I think they're all going to be fine. And we'll see how this plays out. But I'm curious how it is that you have on the resistance side of things two conspiracy theories that Donald Trump is actually dying and that Donald Trump is actually totally fine and faking the whole thing. That's coming from mainstream journalists, both conspiracy theories. Joy Reid, uh, MSNBC, said Trump's faking it or implied it as such. Then you get these other journalists like Marcy Wheeler saying, you know, oh, Trump's staging his photos. What does that mean? Staging his photos? Does that mean he's like much worse off than we realize? It's just patently absurd. But these people are allowed to write with impunity. And our best line of defense, Kaylee McEnany, is now sick. So hopefully she can still, you know, do her thing. And I wonder how much this is going to impact the election. We saw a poll the other day from the Democracy Institute showing that people are more likely to vote for Trump because of his COVID diagnosis. That may be the case. And I think it, you, 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 nobody has any idea what's going to happen. I do think, however, I'll, 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 leave, I'll leave it with this. I've seen a lot of people talk about how they hate Trump and these memes pop up and people I know are like, orange man, bad. And I laugh because I'm like, y'all ain't going to aren't voting. And I know you're not going to vote. That's what mail-in voting is supposed to do because they won't actually go vote. But if they get in the mail, they might be like, oh, yeah, sure. I guess I'll do it and then mail it in. The only problem, I really don't think they'll do that either. And I'm not kidding. We saw in CA 25, California's 25th district, mail-in voting didn't really work out for Democrats, favored, favored the Republicans. So I guess we'll see how things go from here. But my, my, my best wishes to Kaylee and to everyone else who's sick. And uh, journalists, y'all need to, to absolutely chill out, but I'll leave it there. Thanks for hanging out. Next segment is coming up at uh, 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. It is my main channel. It's different from this one. And I will see you all then. 130 days ago, that's when the rioting started. And it hasn't stopped. There have been some periods where things have calmed down quite a bit. But Byron York for the Washington Examiner, chief political correspondent, asks, remember the riots? I do. And they're still happening and they're getting worse. You see, Trump supporters have started holding their own rallies, especially as we get closer to the election. We're probably going to see more of these. The left has been showing up to these rallies and attacking Trump supporters. Now, you might argue that individuals on the Trump side may start some of these fights, but I'm sorry. If Trump supporters hold a rally where they're minding their own business, waving their little flags, and the far left shows up and starts fighting with cops, I'm not going to accuse the Trump supporters of having started these fights or started the rioting. The rioting has been going on for 130 days, and they get a free pass from the media. I saw this tweet from reporter Charlie Warzel. He's a writer at large for the New York Times. He said, this is harrowing. Personally, post-election violence and insurgency adjacent behavior from far-right extremists is my biggest worry at the moment. And Facebook is supercharging it. 
It's so hard to see with everything we know about this, how this has played out with Facebook and violence in, the, in other countries that we are still careening straight into it via the same playbook. As riots continue to erupt, I have to wonder why the New York Times is concerned about far right violence that doesn't seem to exist. There's no far right groups going around doing anything for the most part. The only real violence we saw from any militias was the NFAC, the not effing around coalition. And that's only because they accidentally shot themselves in the last incident of accidental discharge. Fortunately, nobody was hit. But I believe in the other one that did happen. Yeah, sure. There are right wing groups. And maybe they're talking about insurgency or in their in, in, in from their perspective, they're probably calling it defense of the country or some of some sort. But what do you do when you have 130 days of ongoing riots, vandalism, and how the far left is escalating their tactics, straight up targeting regular cops outside of protests or rights? What do you do? Well, it's no surprise now we're seeing polling from Politico that shows conservatives are now catching up to Democrats in terms of whether or not they feel justified in using violence to support their side. Because for the longest time, they didn't. Well, I should say there were the left and the right both did feel that way to varying degrees, but the left tended to support it more. It's now inverted. There are now slightly more conservatives, or I should say Republicans, who believe they're justified in using force. And it's kind of obvious. I mean, how many, how many rallies do you have to have where the far left shows up and beats you and attacks you before you finally say we're pushing back? And of course, when these people use their weapons to defend themselves, the left cries foul because the police end up defending the Trump supporters. Why? The Trump supporters aren't showing up to Antifa events and attacking them. Maybe once or twice, but overwhelmingly, 99% of the time, the far left riots, attacks Trump supporters, attacks the right. And the media cries, the far right is the true danger. I think possibly the best example of how broken the media is, aside from the fact that we're doing a COVID news cycle on Trump and all of these, you know, uh, conservatives and Republicans, when the riots are still happening, I think a great example is how the hashtag Proud Boys was taken over by many gay men and supporters of the LGBTQ community, claiming they've reclaimed the hashtags from the alt-right. But the Proud Boys aren't alt-right, and the Proud Boys don't care. They actually, I guess in a statement, agreed with it because they are gay Proud Boys. And the leader of the Proud Boys is like a black Latino dude. They have no idea what's going on. And so they keep pushing this narrative. And because the media isn't properly informing us about the riots and the violence, well, regular people are going to keep getting attacked and there will be no accountability for the far left. So I want to go through some of these more shocking stories. One story in particular where a man walked up to a police vehicle in Portland, shattered the window and sprayed pepper spray in the car. Or when a mob approached a beat cop, like a regular cop, just pulling someone over, they surrounded him, started screaming at him. The driver flees. When the cop tried to flee as well, they jumped in front of his vehicle and then claimed that he ran them over. Medic, they cried. Let's go through everything that's going on. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate. If you'd like to support my work, there are many ways you can give. There's a P.O. box if you'd like to send me stuff. But the best thing you can do is share this video. I can't compete with the likes of the mainstream media. And as I often complain, they're not giving you proper context. I mean, I just showed you a New York Times reporter says the far right is the real threat. If you want to see some truth to the best that I can give it to you, going through all of these different articles with with evidence, then please consider sharing this video so that other people can hear what's going on outside of this mainstream media biased filter, where they're not going to tell you that these riots are happening where they're not going to let you know that a Trump supporter was executed. No, no, I, I know, I know. 
They do talk about these stories. But the high profile personalities that dictate the news cycle because they're activists in these organizations, the most vocal, these people are hyper focused on the far right, which sure is a threat, of course, but it's nothing compared to the ongoing harassment and violence and even death from the far left. So again, if you think that's important, please consider sharing this video. But don't forget to like, subscribe to the notification bell. Let me first read you this section from Byron York's article for the DC Examiner. He says, even more serious was an attack on a police officer on Sunday morning. A Portland officer was doing paperwork in his car when a rioter smashed a window and filled the car with pepper spray. The officer managed to radio a description of his attacker, who was later arrested in a car that police had been following earlier. Inside the vehicle, officers found window punch tools, pepper spray, throwing knives, a laser pointer, a slingshot, rocks, and more. Police noted, as you can see in the police photo below, it was a whole rioter's toolkit. The packets of Sudicon are for self-treating pepper spray exposure. That's some kind of, I, I guess, yeah, um, probably an anti-acidic or something, or just, I don't know, maybe like Maalox. I don't know what it is. Now, is this person a rioter or a far-left extremist? I can say right now, I can't confirm that outright. I can say that all of these things are a rioter's toolkit. Goggles. Why? To protect you from pepper spray. Sudicon. To deal with pepper spray if you're sprayed. Smashing windows with window smashing tools, throwing knives. That's crazy. Now, there is this weird glasses with a fake nose and a fake mustache. That one's kind of funny. But it does seem like this guy is carrying basically everything these far leftists carry when they're engaging in riots, notably high powered lasers. But now we can see what goes on. And let's talk about the Trump clashes and the targeting of Trump supporters. What goes on in Portland we, uh, when Trump supporters rise up and hold a rally? Protesters see disparities after Ben police release man who pointed gun at Trump rally. Wait, 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 hold on. This is being framed as though there's a dispute here. So you mean far left extremists showed up to a Trump rally. A Trump supporter used his gun in defense of himself. The police arrested him and then released him. And the extremists are angry with this. Yeah, I can see where this is going. You see, recently in Michigan, the Supreme, uh, the, I guess the Supreme Court of Michigan ruled that the COVID lockdown was unconstitutional. So what did Governor Whitmer say? Too bad. I'm going to keep going anyway for the next 21 days because I have a right to challenge this. And then I'll find other means to circumvent this legal ruling. Democrats absolutely are embracing lawlessness. I mean, that's why they're not calling out this violence. It's why they're refusing Trump's assistance to deal with the riots. And it's why the media won't talk about this. Instead, they're like, Trump is sick. They'll put out all the stupid lies of Trump could go either way. And Trump's on this dangerous medication. And Trump, Trump gets in his car and drives around and waves. And they're like, now he's putting people's lives at risk. They're ignoring the real threats out there. And that to me is worrying. Violence broke out between pro-Trump ralliers and racial justice demonstrators sharing a Bend Park Saturday when police did not cite or arrest a man who pointed a gun at people. The tense coexistence of groups, the Pilot Butt National Park, erupted into a brawl after a 23-year-old man allegedly snatched a Trump flag and ran. Several pro-Trump ralliers chased him down. Some people threw punches and were met with mace and stun guns. Then a man pointed a handgun into the crowd. Photos and video reviewed by OPB show. City of Bend police confiscated the gun and let the man go. His release sparked outrage among some racial justice demonstrators who said they planned a picnic on Ben's east side specifically to avoid conflict with a pro-Trump rally expected to take place the same day at Drake Park in the center of town. Several demonstrators screamed at police. 
wanting to know why the officers did not arrest someone who pointed a gun. Because you have a legal right to defend yourself if people are attacking you, stealing your stuff, and then spraying you with mace and stun gunning you. Earlier in the day, police did not take formal action against a different man who was riding a dirt bike without license plates through the parking lot. He popped wheelies near people until he fell over while speeding around a curve, bloodying his elbow. The man was, on, was among multiple pro-Trump ralliers openly consuming beer in the park. Now, I'm not going to say I'm happy about that either. Lawlessness is on the rise. Maybe these Trump supporters just don't care anymore because they realized the only way to get anything done in the Pacific Northwest is to, I don't know, act a fool, get violent and ignore the law. It's what Antifa and the far leftists in Black Lives Matter have been doing for months with impunity. But fights also broke out in D.C. Counter protesters clash with police at pro-Trump rally in Washington, D.C., BLM protesters clashed with U.S. Park Police at a pro-Trump rally near the Washington Monument on Saturday, where Brandon Strzok's walkaway campaign held their unsilent majority march and women's town hall. U.S. Park Police were quickly on scene to quell the protesters and made at least two arrests as they detained the counter-protesters. The pro-Trump crowd cheered for the police and chanted, back the blue. The walkaway activists had attended a march that morning where they chanted four more years, back the blue and USA. It was a speaker. It was as speakers addressed the crowd that a small group of protesters arrived at the back of the rally and engaged with pro-Trump attendees. Andy No was able to identify one woman as Megan Mitra Smith, who was also arrested at the autonomous zone in Portland. This is at least her third arrest in recent weeks at violent Antifa protests, said No. Well, according to Joe Biden in the debates, don't worry, Antifa is just an idea. Later, a lone BLM activist stood off to the side at the back of the event where she, she was approached by a Trump supporter who claimed he was trying to engage in a reasonable conversation. A member of walkaway security team got between the BLM activist and the Trump supporting activist and instructed the man to leave the woman alone. One white BLM supporter attempted to interrupt the gathering by walking through the crowd chanting Black Lives Matter. He was engaged by a black walkaway activist. This one's kind of funny because apparently the white guy then started yelling Black Lives Matter and the black guy started yelling All Lives Matter. Anyway, I'm not going to read through too much of this because you get, the, you, you get the point. The main issue here is that it was not Trump supporters who showed up to a far left rally. It was not Trump supporters who vandalized the Multnomah County courthouse last night. It was not Trump supporters who, who it was not 16 Trump supporters who got arrested just the other night in Seattle. The ongoing violence is absolutely coming from the left. Alleged Antifa activists drag women holding huge American flag to ground by her hair. I saw this story. And it's just one of a bunch of stories that I got to be honest, you know, it's 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 freaky, but it's not too alarming. You know why I, I say it's not alarming? Because it happens all the time. We see stories like this all the time. Antifa goes out and attra attacks a woman. It was a woman holding an American flag that tried stealing her flag from her. She resisted. So another Antifa activist came up behind her, grabbed her hair and pulled her to the ground. Whore, uh, these large groups have no qualms about attacking random people for simply holding American flags. Do you want me to be mad at the Trump supporters waving American flags who are minding their own business? And that's not going to happen. But of course, the mainstream media isn't paying attention to what's going on. So naturally, their whole argument is like the far right is coming. The violence from the far right, which there isn't any. I mean, there is. OK, I'm, 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 I'm exaggerating a bit. There is here and there. There's some far right extremists that have committed extreme acts that are really, really terrifying. And those people get arrested and we try to figure out how to stop them. And the FBI gets involved and tries to stop these people. 
but 130 nights of far left violence and rioting. And what happens? This is the Daily Wire. As you can see, the Daily Wire is not certified as a credible news source. I think this is extremely biased from NewsGuard, but what can you do? You see, this story about an Antifa activist attacking a woman and dragging her isn't going to make mainstream media. It's not going to make the likes of CNN or probably not even Fox News, mind you. It might appear in a reel somewhere on Fox, but this won't ever dominate a news cycle. You know what will? This story. Trump supporter 44 is arrested for sucker punching a protester and breaking his tooth for playing the rap song F Donald Trump during a MAGA rally. Jason Lotta, 44, was arrested by authorities in Denton, Texas on Saturday. Lotta was charged with assault causing bodily harm after sucker punching Dan Royce Scholler III. The incident happened after Lotta reportedly became upset the protesters were playing the rap song F Donald Trump. Shockler was treated for an abrasion below his right eyebrow and suffered a broken tooth. I am glad they arrested this man. In the video, he's screaming at a guy, turn it off. And the guy says no. And then he just punches him in the face. A lot of people are like, yeah, well, after so much of Antifa violence, you know, finally Trump supporters are snapping back. And uh, 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 not sorry. I hear you. I get this guy's mad. He's probably seen a lot of this, these videos of the, of the, of the leftists just getting away with everything. And, and what did Mike Tyson say? I don't know if this quote is true, but he said something like the internet has made people you know, has, has taken, has allowed them to disrespect others without getting punched in the face, something like that. And the general idea is we got all these barking dogs snarling on the internet, but then you also get Antifa going around actually harassing, beating, and quite literally killing someone in cold blood. And I can only imagine it's, it's only a matter of time before you actually start getting Trump supporters saying enough and punching some dude in the face. Nah, though, I get it. The game is rigged. The media system is broken and it's totally biased and unfair to Trump supporters on the right. And the left will argue that it's I'm a conservative for pointing that out. I, I think I've given you, you know, shown you exactly what's going on. I've got more for you. This guy should not have punched someone. OK, Jason Lada should not have punched a guy in the face for playing music. Sorry, you don't get to do that just because the media is biased. You don't get to do that just because you're not getting a fair shake and the leftists keep other leftists keep attacking other rallies. You want to defend yourself. I understand that. In this circumstance, this dude punched a guy. But of course, this is huge news. Don't be surprised when this video goes viral and is used by Joe Biden as the media starts claiming it's the far right that's coming. Look at this revealed Trump linked consultant tied to Facebook pages warning election will cause civil war. Network run by fake news publishing father and son spreads word to Trump supporters they should prepare for violence in November. Oh, no. What do we do about these these Trump linked consultants warning about civil war? Oh, no. Oh, look what I posted in response to Charlie Warzel of The New York Times. I posted an image from Mediaite showing uh, about a a CNN uh, exchange. You really believe that? Anderson Cooper stunned when Tom Friedman predicts America on the brink of a potential second civil war. So let me ask you, if we see some Trump linked consultant warning that the election will lead to civil war, is this like some far right promotion of civil war? This is why I think we're 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 past. We've crossed the Rubicon. There's no turning back. New York Times reporters 
will tell you, it's the far right. They're coming for you. They're around every corner. Oh, because they're paranoid and delusional based on this insane fake news. I mean, let me just show you this tweet. Uh, well, oh, hold on. this is not the right one. Did I have the tweet pulled up? I don't, I don't think I have it pulled up. There's a guy who's terrified. Wait, actually, I think I do. There we go. Ben Tracy says, I felt safer reporting in North Korea than I currently do reporting at the White House. This is just crazy. Okay. First, he says, I felt safer. And that is the red flag. Alarm bell should be going off. Ben Tracy is not saying it is safer. And this is, this guy is with the CBS News. CBS News. He's saying he feels, he feels. So what do we get? You get these unhinged, delusional journalists who feel paranoia and are freaking out. Oh, the far right is around every corner. That's what Michael Reinel said after he killed a guy in Portland. When interviewed by Vice News, the man who stalked and killed a Trump supporter in cold blood said that there were vehicles surrounding him and his friends and they were armed. Trump supporters <laughs> they are everywhere. So he pulled out his gun and he shot a Trump supporter twice in the chest. The dude has gone psychotic. He was insane. I mean, you had to be to do something like that. I'm kind of I'm kind of sad for him. You see, the media has been feeding this constant lie of the far right everywhere. They're doing it now. But it's not true. We've seen the videos. There's no videos of the far right going around and doing this stuff en masse. I mean, you have some Trump supporters who have acted a fool, you know, showing up in Portland with paintball guns like morons or punching a guy playing a rap song in the face. These things happen. You can't deny them. I was talking to the uh, journalist from the Daily Caller, the D.C. riot squad, and they said they saw Proud Boys stomping at a guy. It was brutal. Yeah, it happens. But there's no threat on a grand scale from the far right. They're not going to be marching through the streets in the thousands and the hundreds of thousands. They haven't been rioting for 130 days. I don't know where they are. And if they started acting crazy, the cops would go after them too. They have. In fact, Trump says he's going to label the Klan and Antifa as domestic terrorists. I've stated this before. If 300 Proud Boys marched to my house, I'd be like, what are you doing? If 300 Antifa marched to my house, I'd be like, lock the doors, lock the windows, call the cops immediately. What are the Proud Boys going to do? Show up and demand beer? Look, Proud Boys have acted, you know, like fools before. But for the most part, this is how the game is played. A Trump supporter will hold a rally and the far left shows up and beats people. Then the media says nothing happened, nothing to see here, or it's unfair that the police didn't arrest the Trump supporters who were holding their own permitted rally for the most part. Trump linked group, they say the far right, a militia promoting father and son duo of fake news publishers and a Trump connected social media consultant are linked to pages which promote the idea of an American civil war with material presented in a way that appears to be an effort to sidestep Facebook's fact checking system. Comments on their Facebook pages and other materials obtained by The Guardian show that some rank and file rank and file Trump supporters are enthusiastically receiving the message that they should prepare for violence against their perceived political enemies in November. The network is comprised of websites owned and operated by Dinah Perazzo, senior and junior, whose company AFF Media is headquartered in Penan Hills, California. The Perazzos run a network. I don't care, whatever. They say the page promotes conspiracy theories and criminal allegations about Democratic Party politicians, liberal celebrities and leftist protesters, some of which, like persistent claims that Hillary Clinton will be imminent, imminently arrested, overlap with aspects of the so-called QAnon conspiracy theory movement. 
Now, I, I don't care for anyone who's getting all conspiratorial and claiming, you know, that the hammer is going to drop from the Durham report. I think many people are just overzealous. But I think I've pointed out exactly what's going on, right? The right holds a rally, the left attacks it. The left riots for 130 days, the media, you know, ignores it to the best of their abilities. Obviously, I think now the left is ignoring the far left violence because it's hurting Joe Biden in the polls. And what they're going for right now is this message that Trump is weak. But I'd like to show you this. Americans increasingly believe violence is justified if the other side wins. And we have this poll here. This, I think, is the most significant. 11-1-17. Only 8% of Democrats and Republicans felt justified in their violence. By October 2018, there was 13% Democrats who believed that violence was justified and 11% of Republicans. Consistently, Democrats have always been or I should say, in 2018 and 2019, to be fair, Democrats have been more likely to justify the violence. In June of 2020, it evened out with 30% of Democrats and 30% of Republicans feeling that violence would be justified at the, after the election. And by September of this year, 33% of Democrats and now 36% of Republicans. I'll tell you what, I am not worried about Proud Boys or right-wingers rising up and doing anything. Why? Because it hasn't happened. We haven't seen it. The immediate threat right now is that the far left is attacking people, attacking beat cops, smashing cops windows and spraying the inside of their car, assuming this guy was a leftist. And the media won't won't cover it anymore. Like Byron York said, remember the riots? I do. I remember the one last night, 16 people arrested. And that was in Seattle and the Multnomah County por- uh, Courthouse vandalized. That just happened. Where's the media? Ah, that's right. Trump got sick. Better better pump out a whole bunch of fear mongering about whether or not the president is going to die because that makes them money. The riots are boring now. They don't care. And besides, the narrative is that the far right's the bigger threat. So why talk about the riots? They never wanted that to be the narrative. They were fighting back, trying to defend these people in defense of looting, they said. But now we can see that conservatives are starting to say, you know what? We are justified. And that is worrisome. When you see this video of this 44-year-old Trump supporter punching a guy in the face for playing a rap song, that's gross. It makes me angry. That guy, I'm glad he got arrested. Good. Arrest him. Don't punch someone in the face for playing music. But we can see now that Antifa has acted with impunity for months. And Black Lives Matter. The riots haven't stopped. So what do you think's going to happen? Republicans are finally saying, fine, we'll play your game. If you want to go out for 130 days burning things down and vandalizing property and destroying things, well, now they're saying, fine, so be it. I think the biggest problem we face and the best is, is the division. There's no bringing back these, these, these two factions because they don't live in the same realities. You know, you'll watch CNN and they'll make outrageous and false claims. Right now, you've got all of these blue checky journalists claiming that Donald Trump is either faking his illness or his illness is so severe he's on his deathbed. He's faking these photos. Look, these photos are fake because you can see reflections. What? They've lost it. It's unhinged conspiracy. It's paranoid delusions. And it's uninformed, I don't know, gloating. Take a look at this story. Gay men take over Proud Boys hashtag on Twitter, quote, to reclaim our pride. As far as I can tell, the Proud Boys didn't even use the hashtag and they've been banned for Twitter from a long time. But sure, they want to reclaim the, t- the name Proud Boys. Nobody cares. The Proud Boys literally don't care. They have gay members. But this shows exactly what's happening. You see, 
when you get 500,000 tweets of people saying like, <laughs> yeah, we own the Proud Boys. And the Proud Boys are like, y'all, we don't care. That's cool, man. Do your thing. Like legit, no beef. And then they start laughing about how they've won. It shows you that conservatives know what the leftists are doing and thinking, but the leftists don't know what conservatives are doing or thinking. And that means we are going to see a mainstream media that pumps out bunk information, tells everybody to panic about the far right, when in reality, it's the left that is attacking, that is attacking conservatives. But the conservatives are starting to push back. And so now I'm increasingly worried that Trump supporters are going to start defending themselves at their rallies like they've been with guns. It's only a matter of time then when the media starts painting it as though, see, we were right, the far right, they're the real threat because they're allowed to smear, lie, cheat, push conspiracy theories and be violent, right? I don't know what else to tell you. We'll see how it plays out for the election, but I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. Thanks so much for hanging out, and I will see you all next time. Donald Trump will be leaving Walter Reed Medical Center by 6.30, which means by the time you watch this video, he's probably already out. And while he's still sick, he's just feeling a lot better. Trump claims he's feeling better than he did 20 years ago. And he's going to complete his treatment at the White House. And I think a lot of people need to realize, especially the journalists who are screaming at the top of their lungs because they wanted Trump to be very sick, that COVID is not the most serious illness we have ever seen. It's serious in many ways. Trust your doctor. Listen to your doctor. Make sure you're following proper guidelines, all that stuff. But we're not talking about some like airborne aerosolized Ebola that, that, you know, rapidly transmits and is turning people into zombie monsters who bite each other. We're talking about an illness that we didn't know about, that was novel, that was infecting a lot of people. We've gotten a lot better at treating it. A lot of people now, a lot of these journalists are like, why isn't Trump doing this treatment? Why is he doing this treatment? It's because we change, we we change how we treat these things. Calm down. COVID survival rate is like over 99%. It's like 99.5 for the average person. For people in Trump's, you know, categories, it's like 95%. So you've got an, a 74-year-old obese man, and he should be at risk, but it's still a 95% chance that he will survive. Plus, come on, man. Trump is spry. That dude is high energy. He doesn't stop. He's a machine like the Energizer Bunny. So listen, uh, we expected this. It's not out of the ordinary. Trump is probably going to be just fine. He was working as it is. The conspiracy theories were unfounded. But of course, now we're seeing a ton of these blue checks be like, it's so irresponsible to release him. Oh, no. What's that? What do you what do you think goes on when a regular person gets sick? You think they just live at the hospital? Let me tell you, man, I have I have gone to the hospital for some I wouldn't say serious issues before they kick you out because you're not going to sit there all day. Like if you're dying, they'll prevent you from dying. If you've got, you know, something with a nine, like a, a disease, an illness with a 95 percent survival rate, they're probably going to be like, you're looking good. You got your medicine. Have a good day, buddy. You ever get the flu? I got the flu long time ago. I haven't gotten the flu in a long time. Just like, man, I got the flu, what, like 16 years ago. And it was brutal. It was like seriously brutal. I was shaking. I lost like 20 pounds. And you know what the doctor said? Well, uh, drink some, drink plenty of fluids, you know, go into them covers uh, and, uh, and watch some TV and uh, just, uh, you'll be okay. Uh, yeah, I was like 18 or something. And it was, br- it was miserable. They didn't put me in the hospital and they're like, well, no, but I was like seriously dehydrated. They were like, yeah, just drink water. You'll be fine. And I was. And now we've got, you know, I know know, I'm not saying COVID is like the flu. I'm saying that it was novel. That was the big issue with it. But Trump is clearly fine. Here's the story. Trump's doctor says he'll leave the hospital at 630 p.m., claims he feels better than he did 20 years ago and tells his Twitter followers, don't be afraid of COVID. 
Don't let it dominate your life. He tweeted, I will be leaving the great Walter Reed Medical Center today at 6.30 p.m. feeling really good. Don't be afraid of COVID. Don't let it dominate your life. We have developed under the Trump administration some really great drugs and knowledge. I feel better than I did 20 years ago. Trump 74 was administered to Walter Reed on Friday amid reports he had trouble breathing. Well, yeah, I mean, according to who, Jim Acosta. On Monday, just four days after he tested positive with a deadly virus, he tweeted, I'll be leaving. I read that. Shortly after his message, doctors appeared outside the hospital to say that while Trump was not out of the woods, they were satisfied for him to go home. Think about the sheer level of insanity these journalists and these leftists have to think that these doctors are going to risk the president dying. I can't tell you how sick I am. You know what, you know what I want to do? I just want to like go down by a river and just cast a line and just forget all about these crazy people. They're nuts. There's no grand conspiracy to pretend Trump is sick or fine. Like it's just doctors. These doctors aren't going to leave Trump to die. None of them would want to do that. Jeez. They refuse to share details of his health, like when he last tested negative, or even if, we, if he would be forced to quarantine when he got out, citing medical privacy laws as reasons not to share information like the results of a lung scan. <laughs> yes, they can't just give out someone's private information. The doctors said Trump will receive his fourth remdesivir dose on Monday before he leaves the hospital and his fifth on Tuesday. The president's kidney and liver function are both good. His temperature on Monday was 98.1 Fahrenheit. The doctors defended their treatment of him and the decision to discharge him, saying he has some of the best care in the world at the White House. Every day a patient stays in the hospital unnecessarily is a risk to themselves. There's nothing being done here that can't be done safely at home. That's why we all remain cautiously optimistic and on guard. And people don't realize this, too, especially for someone like Trump. Older people get sick in hospitals. I know it sounds paradoxical. It happens. You see, you got a bunch of sick people in a hospital, right? So there's a lot of pathogens and a lot of infections that could be present. So if you got someone like Trump, plus if they're taking dexamethasone, a steroid's going to inhibit their immune system a bit, have them go home. Don't have them around a bunch of, ton of a bunch of sick people. We're in, uh, we're in a bit of uncharted territory with a patient who received the therapies he has so early in the course. If we can get to the weekend and Monday with him feeling the way he is, we can all take a sigh of relief. You'll see him shortly. He's back, Dr. Sean Conley said on Monday. Dr. Conley cited patient confidentiality laws during the press conference when asked about his lungs. He, however, said that his liver and kidney function were good and that Trump did not put any pressure on doctors to release him. Despite reports, he was done with staying in the hospital and he was demanding to be discharged Sunday. Well, they did report that the president was bored. And I completely understand and believe that Trump would say something like that. The president has been a phenomenal patient during his stay here. He has been working hand in glove. Today, it got, to, it got to the point. He's holding court, going over all the specifics, the testing, what the future is. We've been back and forth on what's safe or reasonable. He has never once pushed us to do anything that was not sage and reasonable. Hey, guys, remember impeachment? Oh, yeah, that whole thing that happened. Here's what I'm going to say. I believe very likely that uh, in a week, this won't even matter to anybody. It'll just be another blip on the psychopathic news radar. And then we'll be carrying out with our lives. And it'll be some other scandal. Donald Trump slipped on a banana peel. Yep. Welcome to news in America. That's what's going to happen. He appeared to be a little dehydrated on Friday, but he was able to recover from that. Everything looks great. There's no evidence of a of live virus present that he could transfer to others. We're checking him home, uh, checking him more routinely than waiting 10 days. We shouldn't, we will know as soon as possible. Then we'll look at him clinically. How are you feeling? How are you, how are you doing? 
14 people in his inner circle have now tested positive with a deadly virus that has claimed more than 200,000 lives. He has been desperate to get back to work, this we understand. And then going to mention that Kaylee McEnany also tested positive. Let's move on from this, and I'll show you everyone's favorite, Jennifer Rubin. She is the uh, quote-unquote conservative, never-Trumper, pro-democracy blogger. She's basically like she was a conservative. She's, she's a pro-establishment person. So when Trump, you know, kicked out the Republican establishment, you know, she fits in more with the uh, with the Democrat elites. She tweeted, Congress might want to defund Walter Reed. It is a public health hazard. <laughs> Ian Miles Chong, this is by far your worst tweet. And that's saying something. Yashir Ali, who is widely respected both from left and right, tweeted, great idea. Let's punish soldiers, physicians, nurses, and staff for the president's decision to return home and not allow his physician to reveal personal medical info. You're embarrassing your colleagues at the post. Woo-hoo-hoo, spicy. Here's the best part. Jennifer Rubin is shadow banned. This is her tweet. He quoted, it's unavailable on Twitter. She said, they can be relocated to responsible medical facilities. Better yet, just fire the current staff that has unleashed a public health hazard on us. Jeez, this lady is insane. The, 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 look, the anti-Trump establishment people are out of their minds. Seriously. I'm, I can't. Well, so Yasher, uh, so this is what she tweeted. And then Yasher responded, Congress can't fire Navy officers. They serve at the pleasure of the elected commander in chief, the president of the United States. She said they can be fired from Walter Reed and assigned elsewhere. Enough. Talk about an absolute lunatic. Now, the best part about this is that someone said something like, no, the people at the Washington Post love what she's doing. Yasha responded saying, no way. That people at the Washington Post tell him, tell, tell him they're so embarrassed that she's associated with the Washington Post. Yeah, well, democracy dies in darkness, right? Here's what I love. Garrett M. Graff. Who is this guy? Journalist, director at Aspen Cyber, and a contributor to Wired and CNN says... Literally, Americans will die because of this recklessness with which Donald Trump is treating his own disease right now. They will follow his bad behavior and kill themselves or others, and he will never know their names and he won't care. Blah, 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 blah. Welcome to derangement syndrome news. You know what? They should just all rename. You know what we should do? We should create one big network. You know, maybe, maybe I'll do this. We'll call it TDS News or TDS Network. That's right. Trump derangement syndrome news, where you have a whole bunch of people who are out of their minds and just believe fringe and crazy conspiracies. And they have no real interest or desire in helping you understand what's happening in this world. Instead, no matter what Trump does, it's wrong. If he's sick, he's going to die. Actually, he's faking it. If he tries to leave, he's feeling better. He's going to kill us all. What is it? Is Trump faking it? Because if Trump's faking it and he's leaving, they should be like, eh, whatever, he was faking it, right? Oh, but now they're saying, now they're saying, but he's actually severe because he's getting dexamethasone and he's going to leave it. He's going to kill everyone with him. You know what, man? Like I said, I'm real eager to just go down to the river and just cast a line. Sit there and just everything goes away. You know, I haven't been fishing since I was a kid, but you just sit there. You just sit there. Huh? Wouldn't that be nice? Maybe, you know what we can do? These journalists should all uh, uh, go fishing. Just just go out for a day, relax. And I mean it. Just put your phone down, put it on airplane mode, put it down. Take, take, go camping and just relax. I tell you what, if they did this, we would all be so much better off for it. With all due respect, just give, get, take a couple days and then watch as everything simmers down. 
Right now, it's at a boil. Uh, okay, whatever, man. Look, I hope Trump is doing well. It seems like he is. By the time you watch, he's probably out. So I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in just a few minutes, and I will see you all then. The New York lockdown returns, and Governor Cuomo makes a bold anti-Semitic statement because the people of New York are some of the most vile, insane, racist anti-Semites I've ever actually read about. Don't take my word for it. I'll show you this tweet. Governor Andrew Cuomo, quote, I have to say to the Orthodox community tomorrow, if you're not willing to live with these rules, then I'm going to close the synagogues. Huh. Did you address any other group of people like that? Oh, I'm sorry. New York is the place where they were welding park sh- parks shut. Put it, uh, 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 actually, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They were chaining them shut. And then the Jewish community was going and breaking the chains. You see, New York has done everything in its power to make the Jewish community suffer. There, there was a string of incidents where people were running up and attacking Orthodox Jews, beating them in the streets. Where was the outcry? Where were the protests? Where was support from the city? Nowhere to be found. COVID happens. What does he do? Allows the protests. De Blasio allows the protests. And then they go to the Jewish community, shut down their synagogues and chain their parks shut. I wonder. When you see the Black Lives Matter people espouse Farrakhan quotes, supporting him, and then you see what these people in government do, supporting Black Lives Matter, spray painting the name, and then targeting the Jewish community. I have to wonder. Governor Cuomo orders hundreds of schools in nine NYC neighborhoods to close from tomorrow and also threatens to shut down religious institutions if they fail to social distance. The schools, both public and private, will be required to close from Tuesday onwards in the Brooklyn and Queens neighborhoods, where COVID-19 positivity rates have been surging. Cuomo could not immediately confirm exactly how many schools will have to close and for how long. It is believed about 100 public schools and 200 private schools are located within the zip codes. The number of new COVID cases has been rising in pockets of the city, predominantly in the neighborhoods in Brooklyn and Queens that are home to the city's large Orthodox Jewish population. Those areas represent 7% of the city's population and have been responsible for more than 20% of all new infections over the past four weeks. Many religious schools in these neighborhoods resumed in-person classes in early September. Be it not their choice, if they would like to be open and have their kids learn, why should the government be intervening in such a manner? You know, it's already been ruled in several different instances that these lockdowns are unconstitutional. And that's where I probably fall. If the Jewish community is seeing these large uh, infection rates, then I don't think Cuomo, especially considering their, I should say, with the other rulings from other states, it's time to shut up. It's time to recognize you can't control this. And he's only making it worse. That's the reality. You've got a natural disaster here with this virus. And the best thing we can do is mitigate, not shut everything down. Protect the nursing homes, protect the vulnerable and social distance and wear masks. That's the best you can do. You see, what Cuomo has done with, with the iron fist has not worked. The Jewish community is just going about their business, and they're being targeted and harassed by Cuomo, and it's only breeding more animosity and more anger. Perhaps the best thing you do is negotiate. Tell you what, why don't you guys do your thing, but here are some precautions you could take to mitigate the spread. Instead, he's like, I'm going to shut down your religious institutions, and we're going to allow Black Lives Matter to march through the street for 130 days. Do something. That's what's being said. That's the message. So I'll tell you what. You want me to care that people are going to church? Why? You supported the protests. Mm, So no, I won't care. 
Many religious schools in these neighborhoods resumed. Cuomo also threatened to shut down temples and churches in those neighborhoods following super spreader mass gatherings that he said have been going on for weeks. Dude, it has been since March, what, March 15th or whatever. I don't think you can win. How about you realize you've screwed everything up. You've destroyed the city. 12,000 bars expected to remain closed permanently. People fleeing the city. Talk about a failure. And then what did he do with his brother on CNN? Oh, we got big (laughs) Q-tips. That's so funny. As you were putting people in nursing homes that were sick with COVID and killing the elderly. And then this guy has the nerve to do an interview where he's like, that never happened. That never happened. I never killed all these people. Yeah, you did. I'm sick of this, man. New York, you need an overhaul. These people need to be removed from power. Bring in somebody else. I don't care what their political party is. Get a libertarian, get a, get a Republican, Democrat, Green Party, whatever. Just get rid of these people. He said he was meeting directly with Orthodox leaders on Tuesday to seek their help with getting people to comply with the rules. Cuomo said if the religious leaders don't agree to enforce social distancing rules, including mask wearing, he will shut them down. He specifically referenced recent mass gatherings involving members of Orthodox Jewish communities that he said numbered in the thousands. We know mass gatherings are the super spreader events. We know there have been mass gatherings going on in these communities for weeks. Uh, Mr. Cuomo, can I introduce you to something that your brother also didn't know about? It's called the First Amendment. And in it, it says Congress shall make no law respect, respecting an establishment of religion and, uh, you know, infringing upon free speech and assembly and blah, blah, blah. You get the point. Not to disrespect the First Amendment. I think it's fantastic. But um, people have a right to gather for any reason. They have a right to speak and they have a right to worship. You can't just come in and think you have the right to shut them down. Now, I got to be honest. I don't think that Cuomo is shutting the stuff down because he's concerned about super spreader events. I really do believe that he's just an overt anti-Semite. I, I, I mean it. I mean it. I know it's a bit cliche for like the you're racist, you know, crowd. And that's all they ever say. But come on, think about it, man. The amount of chaos in this city, the amount of violence and, and murders and Cuomo is like, oh, but those synagogues got to shut those ones down. Is that what you're really worried about? The fact that you had Orthodox Jews being attacked in the street in these knockout games specifically, I mean, these videos are horrifying and they didn't do anything about it. They didn't care. I think they like it. I think these people are anti-Semites. And that's been, you know, these clusters have to be attacked. Stamp them out immediately and dramatically. Let me, um, let me, let me, let me, let me tell you about that quote. We know mass gatherings are the super spreader events at these specific communities. These clusters have to be attacked. Stamp them out. Bro, you should really use your choice of words. You should really choose your words better. Look, I, I think it's absurd to, to read too much into this. I think we know what he means. Shut down the events. But I, I, I tell you, man, I have to wonder when they're welding. I'm sorry, when they're, when they're chaining parks closed. And they've been specifically targeting the Jewish community the entire time. To say something like this. Bold. Cuomo said he has spoken to NYC Mayor Bill de Blasio earlier on Monday. And that the state would be taking over enforcement in cities, hot, city, cities, hotspot zip codes. De Blasio had on Sunday asked Cuomo to close schools and non-essential businesses after test positivity rates rose above 3% in those areas for seven days straight. I want to show you something. Take a look at this. Borough Park, 8%. Then we have, you know, Edgemere, Far Rockaway, 5.6%. We can see where, you know, I guess the, the, the positive tests are, are, you know, are popping up. 
And it doesn't look like it's only just the Jewish community. And that's, that's, that's really what I'm getting at here. Come on, man. What are you really trying to say, de Blasio? Bill de Blasio is one of these progressive far leftists. You may not be aware, but many of these people who organize these, these far left, you know, Linda Sarsour and Tamika Mallory and these others, very, very pro Farrakhan. Farrakhan, of course, has said extremely disparaging things about the Jewish community. You know, I don't know if you guys saw the story, but uh, Prince Harry said that uh, he believed the world was created by white people, according to Harry, and that uh, it was created by by them. And then he goes on to say for them. Yeah, I kid you not. He said that the world was created for and by, according to Harry, white people. This is the kind of white supremacist psychotic ideology we see from the identitarian left. And when you take into consideration what he said, and then you take you take a look at what, say, Bill de Blasio is doing, because de Blasio is one of these progressive far leftists. You have to wonder what their goal is when they then start targeting the Jewish community and overlook the violence that's that's um, beset upon them. I think I think, you know, it's fair to say when the left screams about, you know, neo-Nazis and fascism. You know what they're really what they're what they're doing is they're masking their own behaviors and activities. Projection. You know when they claimed Trump was working with Russia, he was actually Democrats. Yeah, the that dossier that smeared Trump actually some of the information came from someone suspected of being you know a national security threat. And uh, Hunter Biden has accepted money from uh, Russians in in, in Moscow, and uh, they project all of that on their opponents. So that they get regular people to fight against the actual good guys. Right. So, I mean, look, typically people think anti-Semitism is wrong and racism is wrong and Russian collusion is wrong. So by accusing Trump and, and, and the other side of doing it, they can do it all day and night and they get away with it. And you can see how it negatively impacts cities like New York. And Cuomo will not face a real challenge. People are going to show up and they're going to check the D box. And I'm just sick and tired of it, man. I'm just sick and tired of the lies. I just want someone to be honest for once, you know? But they know that if they're honest about what they really think in terms of identitarianism and anti-Semitism, well, it'll hurt them because regular people don't like those things. So they accuse everyone else of being hateful. Nah. Whatever, man. I'll leave it there. I got one more segment coming up in a few minutes. I'll see you all shortly. Recently, a court ruled in Michigan that Governor Gretchen Whitmer's coronavirus lockdown was unconstitutional and said, enough, your powers here be revoked. And she said, nah, y'all can't stop me. I'm going to keep doing what I want for the next 21 days under a provision that allows me to challenge your ruling. And then following that, instead of actually challenging it, I will just use other means to continue the unconstitutional lockdown. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you to lawlessness, a Democratic governor telling the courts their rules are meaningless. Wow. I really look forward to seeing what happens when the Democrats win, because the Democrats are pumping the election full of millions upon millions of dollars and not spending the, uh, the, the Democrats are outspending the Republicans by like large sums. Money talks. We may see Democrats win or maybe not. Maybe regular people have, have woken up to this. Let me tell you something. I ask you for a favor. Please consider sharing this video, subscribing to this channel. This one's important. I normally only ask people to share the videos on my main channel just because it's kind of like, you know, it's my call to action or whatever. But this one matters. High court strikes down Whitmer's emergency powers. Gov Governor vows to use other means. 
You mean to tell me that she was told explicitly your powers are unconstitutional? You can't do this. And she says, well, I'll find a way to keep going anyway. No, dude, it's not about the, the, the statutes. It's about what you're doing being wrong. She doesn't care. You see, as people began suing to strip her of her powers, she said, no, let me keep my powers. Don't take them from me. That should scare anyone living in this state. Any executive who says, I refuse to give up power, and that includes Trump, should be, well, that's a red flag. They should not be allowed to keep that power. Now, as for Trump, he's gone through the motions as he's supposed to have. He's, you know, had injunctions placed on his certain rulings. He's then sued and won. Gretchen Whitmer is saying she's basically going to just ignore it. She says the ruling won't go into effect for 21 days. That's actually a lie. It is important to note that this ruling does not take effect for at least 21 days. And until then, my emergency declaration and orders retain the force of law. Furthermore, after 21 days, many of the responsive measures I have put in place to control the spread of the virus will continue under alternative sources of authority that were not at issue in today's ruling. Uh, No, the ruling comes down today. She's just ignoring it and saying, I have 21 days to issue a challenge. This is not about Democrat or Republican, for the most part. And there are probably many people saying, well, it's good that she's enforcing this lockdown. Take your authoritarian fascism somewhere else. It is not good that she is defying the courts who have ruled she can't do this. Guess what? The Michigan AG says we will no longer enforce Whitmer's orders through criminal prosecution. Bravo. Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel said she will no longer enforce Governor Gretchen Whitmer's executive orders, which were made during the coronavirus pandemic through criminal prosecution. However, her decision is not binding on other law enforcement agencies or state departments with independent enforcement authority. On Friday, the Michigan Supreme Court ruled against Whitmer's powers to extend emergency declarations enforcing COVID-19 restrictions. The effects of this ruling are still unclear. Whitmer saying Friday, it doesn't take place for another 21 days. In actuality, my understanding is it does take effect now, but she has 21 days to challenge it where she can still operate. If she's not actually intending to challenge it, it sounds like she's exploiting the system. On Sunday, Whitmer's press secretary, Tiffany Brown, issued a statement saying the governor is ready to work across the aisle with Republicans in the legislature where we can find common ground. But she won't let partisan politics get in the way of what's of doing what's necessary to keep people safe and save lives. The Supreme Court's ruling raises several legal questions that we are still reviewing. While we are moving swiftly, this transition will take time. As the governor said last week, many of the responsive measures she has put in place to control the spread of the virus will continue under alternative sources of authority that were not at issue in the court's ruling. We will have more to say on this in the coming days. Nestle's press secretary said it is possible to respect the court's decision and the advice of medical experts by voluntarily wearing masks, social distancing and staying at home when feeling ill. If it weren't for the governor's actions, countless more of our friends, family and neighbors would have been lost to COVID-19, the news release says. Whitmer has commended, was commended by the ACLU for her response to the pandemic. Isn't that just juicy? The American Civil Liberties Union is now the anti-Civil Liberties Union. They oppose free speech and they support executive mandate. The world's falling apart, isn't it? At least our world, huh? They say Michigan has lost 6,801 people as of Saturday to the virus. And I, I understand that. But listen, 
These lockdowns have been largely unconstitutional. Trump seizes on judges ruling that Pennsylvania lockdown is unconstitutional from September 14th. Shut down restrictions ordered by Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf to slow the spread of the novel coronavirus were unconstitutional. A federal judge ruled Monday, a decision that was quickly celebrated by President Trump, who said he hopes the decision is followed by similar pronouncements in other states. The state's limit on gatherings and closure of non-essential businesses violated the First Amendment and the due process and equal protection clauses of the 14th Amendment, according to a 66-page opinion by U.S. District Judge William Stickman IV, a Trump appointee. The governor's office confirmed it will appeal the decision. The case stemmed from a complaint filed in May by four Pennsylvania counties, Butler, Fayette, Green, and Washington, that argued people from the state's orders to close non-life-sustaining businesses and limit gatherings to 25 people uh, or 250 people outdoors. Stickman opined open-ended measures imposed on people are an overreaching violation of constitutional rights. The court believes that defendants undertook their action in a well-intentioned effort to protect Pennsylvanians from the virus. However, good intentions toward a laudable end are not alone enough to uphold governmental action against a constitutional challenge. Keeping this in mind, okay, they enacted a bunch of executive mandate that was in violation of constitutional order. It was unconstitutional. Gretchen Whitmer wants to carry uh, forward, even though she's been told straight up. And now Democrats launch tidal wave of ads in Senate seats they believe they can win, outspending Republicans by as much as $38 million in North Carolina alone. Axios reported Monday that Democrats have spent $327 million for advertising in these races compared to $259 million for Republicans. The report looked at spending in races in Alaska, Alabama, Arizona, Colorado, Georgia, Iowa, Maine, Michigan, Montana, and North Carolina. Got me worried, man. I mean, a lot of people think Trump's going to win. He's going to sweep. Have you seen the polls, though? They say the polls were wrong. Yeah, but the polls weren't this wrong. Biden up like 8%, I think, in Arizona. I don't know, man. I think it may just be the Democrats take a large, they take the House, they take the Senate, and maybe even Biden wins. I, I think it's going to be really, really worrisome if the Democrats end up winning all three branches of government. They're going to pack the courts. They're going to start repealing all of these laws. They're going to start selling out our manufacturing back to China. They're going to bring us back in the TPP. They're going to bolster our footprint in the Middle East. It is going to be Bush, Obama all over again. Shouldn't that be worrying to everybody? I guess not. I guess people are more concerned about Trump having a potty mouth. No, that's Trump's fault, you know? Trump's not perfect, but he's an avatar of the anger of people that people have with the establishment. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and blame many of the anti-war progressives because they're like, yeah, well, Trump's still bad. Have you, you, you nuts? Three historic peace agreements. Yeah, well, the peace agreements weren't that good. Are, do you hate Trump that much? Look at what's going on, man. They're violating their, the, the court orders, violating checks and balances, unconstitutional lockdowns. We don't see the same problems happening in red states. I guess these people just don't care, man. And now they're just dumping all this money into these Democratic campaigns. The Democrats may actually win. Uh, it's not the end of the world. You know, you'll still have another four to six, uh, two, four and six years where elections will take place, where the Republicans can bounce back. I don't know. though. I don't know. Part of me wants to believe that we're going to see a Reagan like sweep, but that just doesn't make sense unless the polls are all. I'll tell you what. They say the polls were wrong in 2016. They were. Only a little bit, though, is the forecast that were wrong. But let's look at it this way. What if the polls weren't wrong? 
What if they were always within the margin of error? And in response, the pollsters overcorrected, and now everything's just really broken. I'll tell you this. Consider, if the polls undercounted Trump's support back then, and so all of these pollsters changed their polls to try and increase the count properly, and it's resulting in a swing this large, Trump just may be on the verge of losing. That's just that simple. Or maybe they're lying. I don't know what to tell you, man. What I can tell you is it's a fact they're spending massive amounts of money in money talks, BS walks. If they got the money for the ads and Lindsey Graham is even freaking out, then it's possible they're all going to lose. I mean, why should Lindsey Graham win? I got to be honest. You know why? I think if they end up winning, you can see more of this. They're going to ignore the law. They're going to claim they're morally justified. We're going to see the rise of morality policing. And I'm really worried about violence. I'm more worried about violence from the right than I am from violence from the left. And I don't mean in terms of likelihood. I mean that if the if the right wing chooses to stand up, it will be a particularly quick and devastating strike versus the far left's wanton and rampant disregard for public health and safety. If Biden wins and the election is bunk, I'm not super concerned about far right extremists. I I think there's a lot of reasons to to suggest the right will get shut out because communications are controlled by the left. But many of these people are probably well coordinated. The question is, are they coordinated with each other? I don't know what's going to happen. I'll leave it there. I hope we just, I hope uh, the Republicans sweep to stop the, the critical race theory, overt racism, and whatever all this is. I'll see y'all tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out.